0: We are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Acts chapter 27, verse 13 and 15. If you have your Bibles, turn there. If you don't, I got two Bibles for you, one to the left and to the right. It says this, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a, a wind of hurricane force called a northeaster, swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm. Verse 15, the ship was caught By the storm, the ship was caught in the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. The title of my message tonight, because it's a message, not a sermon, it's a word, not a sermon, the title is, What to Do When You're Caught in a Storm, What to Do When You're Caught in the Storm someone say that with me caught in the storm one more time church caught in the storm have you ever been in a storm you see in life one thing is certain and it's this you're either in a storm you're either coming out of a storm or you're getting ready to go into a storm every one of us have something in common here today we're either in the middle of chaos and confusion, frustration, or we either have just come through it and we're like, my God, I barely made it through that. I don't even know how I'm still alive. Have you ever went through something and you said, I don't even know how I'm still alive in my right mind? Well, we don't know if you're in your right mind, but anyway, (laughs) I'm just kidding, just playing. Or you're coming out or you're getting ready to face another storm. I've been in many storms in my life and uh, many storms when we lived in New Jersey, storms dealing with physical pain and storms in my marriage and storms in my finances and literal storms. Hurricane Sandy tried to take us out. I mean, my Lord, that thing was blowing and, you know, I don't know, $4,000 damage to my house, but there were houses, neighborhoods over that were just gone they gone. People were like, our house is gone. Like, where'd it go? (laughs) Sandy took it with her. (laughs) I mean, that was a crazy storm. I'll never forget it. If you've never been in a hurricane, some of you have been through tornado stuff, and that's crazy too. So you can identify. Someone's phone is playing the honky tonk. Come on now. Truck broke down, dog ran away. Wife left me. You're in a storm. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. But there are spiritual storms. There are financial storms. There are marital storms. There are physical storms. There are mental storms that you and I go through. All of us can find ourselves in the middle of a storm. Maybe you're in a career storm right now. Maybe you don't know what's next. Maybe you're confused. I thought I went to school for this, but now what's happening here? I don't understand what, what, why things are shifting. Maybe you're in a parenting storm. Oh, every time my kids get older, it's like a new season of storms. I love you, but <laughs> praise God. Help me, Jesus, right? Maybe you're dealing with a health storm. Maybe it just seems like it's one physical ailment after another, and you're like, God, when is this going to stop? Maybe you've been in a storm of loss. It just seems like you've lost a lot of things. Been a rough year, been a rough five years. It just seems like so-and-so died, and your family, and this person passed away, and, and it's just been a season, a storm of loss. I don't know what storm you're caught in the midst of, but I do know that God's word gives us encouragement, and we're going to go to his word through this story that we find in the book of Acts, and we're going to see how we can survive when we're caught in the storm. Someone say that with me one more time, caught in the storm, one more time, caught in the in the storm. Let me give you some background to the text. In Acts chapter 27, we find Paul on a boat. He's on a ship, a big ship. There's over 200 people, 276 people on this ship. They are sailing to Rome. Paul is in prison, his first imprisonment. He had many of them. Why was he in prison? What did he do? Did he murder someone? No. What did he do? Did he steal something? No. He was proclaiming the name of Christ, and they put him in prison. Huh? Persecuted for the name of Christ. You're not persecuted for the name of Christ because they didn't give you a gift card and they gave everybody else in the work a gift card. Come on, somebody. Just thought I'd clue you in. And here's Paul. He's on this boat with all these prisoners. And the guards are on the boat as well and they're on their way to Rome. And then all of a sudden, in our text, we find that they get caught in the middle of a storm. So what do you do when you're caught in the middle of a storm? Four things I want to give you today. First thing you need to realize when you're caught in the storm is you have to learn to stay on the ship. Someone say that with me. Stay on the ship. Verse 29 and 31 says this, Still in our text here, it says, fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and they prayed for daylight. And in an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let down the lifeboat into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. So we got some of the crew they're, They're They're like, we gone, man. We ain't staying on this ship. We're lowering the lifeboat. We're getting out of here. Verse 31, then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Paul's saying, listen, 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 I know we're in the middle of a storm, but but you guys can't go on these lifeboats. Like if you go on those lifeboats, you guys are done. Your life is over. You will die. So I need you to stay on the ship. Family, I need you to stay in the marriage. Yeah, it's not over yet. I need you to stay at that job. God's not done with you yet there. I need you to stay with those kids. Even though they irritate you, stay with the kids. Come on, somebody. Well, I want some different ones. (laughs) Well, those are the kids you produce. So these are the kids you stay in with. Come on, I need you to stay. I need need you to keep coming to church. Stay on the ship. Come on, even when you don't want to come to church. How many wake up every Sunday morning just like, praise God, bless God, hallelujah. I can't wait to go to church and praise the Lord and pay my tithes. No, 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 that's not every Sunday. That may be some Sundays, but that's not every Sunday. But I need you to stay on the ship. In the middle of the storm, stay on the ship. Don't throw in the towel, because quitting is the way out. Quitting is the easy way out. We can all throw in the towel and say, you know what? I'm tired of this God thing. I'm tired of this faith thing. They're always talking. We walk by faith and not by sight. They're always saying, pray to God. Trust God. Oh, I don't want to trust God anymore. No, no, no. Stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. It's not over yet. Keep being faithful. Keep sowing. Keep believing God. Well, I did this 21-day fast, pastor, and nothing happened. Nothing's changing. Stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. We're not moved by our feelings. We are moved by our faith. Your feelings will lie to you every second of the day. Your feelings will tell you in the morning that you're ugly, and they'll tell you at night you're ugly. But your feelings are a liar. Your feelings will tell you you're worthless. Your feelings will tell you you never amount to anything. Your feelings will tell you you're a bad father. You're a bad mother. Your feelings are a liar. You gotta stay on the ship. I've learned this in life that sometimes it takes more faith to stay than it does to leave.
1: Oh, here we go.
0: Sometimes it takes more faith for you to dig your heels in and say, Devil, no. I've quit at a lot of things in my life, and I'm not quitting at this. I'm staying on the ship. Just because I'm caught in the middle of the storm does not mean my God has failed me. I'm staying on the ship. I'm staying on the ship. The Bible says, Don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap. If you faint not, if you stay on the ship, if you stay on the ship, guess what? If you get off the ship, you don't know what God could have done if you stayed on the ship. If you leave the marriage, if you leave the job, if you leave the church, you don't know what God wanted to do through you because you jumped ship. He could have had your blessing right around the corner. It was about ready to collide with you, but you jumped ship, and so your blessing is void now. Your breakthrough was right around the corner, but because you jumped ship, there it's gone. What do you do? What do you do? When you don't know what to do, you do what you did last time. You stay on the ship. What'd you do last time you were in a storm? This ain't your first storm in your marriage, in your final... What'd you do? You stayed on the ship. Stay on the ship. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. You will get through this. I'm here to encourage somebody in their faith tonight. Maybe I'm just encouraging myself (laughs) in a few storms myself. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Where's my organ up in here? <laughs> Stay on the ship. You see, 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 it says in Acts 27, verse 32, the next verse, it says, so the soldiers, someone say the soldiers, after Paul told them, hey, 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 no, 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 no lifeboats. You, you, you guys are dead if you go on those lifeboats you got to stay on the ship. The Bible says that the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Sometimes to stay on the ship, you have to get rid of your backup plan. Oh, who am I talking to today? Y'all are awful quiet tonight. I didn't show up at the right church, did I? Sometimes you got to get rid of your backup plan. Plan Well, I trust God, but yet we got a backup plan in our back pocket. Huh? And and these guys were like, okay, okay, Paul, we trust you. That was our backup plan, but we're going to cut the ropes. Cut the ropes. You see, it's hard to stay on the ship with one foot on the ship and one foot off the ship. You're really off balance when you're like this. Well, I trust God, but you know what? I I think I'll just go find my mate somewhere in the club. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't see her at church. I went to all the single and mingle stuff Pastor Jacob talked about, but I didn't find her. Huh? You're looking for the wrong her. Huh? And, and, And sometimes we have that backup plan, and we got one foot on the boat and one foot off. The lifeboat was their backup plan, and the Bible says that they cut the ropes. I, I, this is what I've learned in the middle of the storm. Sometimes I gotta learn to cut some ropes. I gotta learn that I gotta evaluate some self evaluation of my life, and I gotta learn to cut some old habits. I gotta learn to cut some old friendships. I gotta cut out the FB flirting that goes on. Oh, I didn't mean to call you out up in this holy church. You you, got to cut your backup plan. You see, some of you, yeah, I'm serving God, but yeah, I still got this side piece if that don't work out. Oh, I can't get, yeah. Uh, I'm there on Sunday, but I still got a little backup plan in case this church thing don't work out. Listen, listen, when you're a follower of Christ, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not asking the question, is this thing going to work out following Christ? Because you know it's going to work out. You know as you follow Christ, the example, you know as you follow him, as you fall down, you get back up. It always works out because grace always has your back. You can't lose with the stuff we use, baby. Go ahead and give the Lord a praise clap right there. Come on, say this with me. Say, I'm staying on the boat, but I'm cutting the ropes. Of who and what holds me back. One more time. I'm staying on the boat, and I'm cutting the ropes. Of who and what holds me back. Stay on the ship. Number one. Number two. Be still and chill. <laughs> Come on. Can you say that with me? Be still and chill. Go ahead and say it like you got a little umbrella drink. Chill. Acts 27, verse 33, just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. Here he is. They're in the middle of the storm, right? They're in the middle of the storm, and, 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 and it's been crazy. And Paul's you know, rescuing people, telling them not to jump in the lifeboat, stay on the ship. And then Paul says, Listen, listen, it's been 14 days since you guys ate. I need you all to eat. You guys have been stressing, you've been worrying. And you haven't eaten a thing. 14 days of worry and stress. He says, I need you guys to be still and chill. Chill. I've learned this through life, that worry and panicking won't make the storm go away. doesn't, does it? I've learned this, that we worry about what we can't change far too often. Don't we worry about what we can't change far too often? You can't change some of the storms you're in. Now, some of the storms, God's waiting for you to move to get you out of it. He already gave you the word. He already gave you the word. He already told you what to do, and you gotta take some steps, and that will get you out of your storm. But there are some storms... That only time can erase. You gotta weather the storm. And you gotta know that worrying will not change it. It won't change it. Someone say this say, I will stop worrying. Come on, everybody. I will stop worrying about the things I cannot control. Oh, we need to say that again. I will stop worrying about the things I cannot control. Worry never changes tomorrow, but only robs you of today's peace, joy, and confidence. Hmm? In Luke chapter 12, verse 25, it says, who, by, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Like, like, you think you can change tomorrow by worrying today? It says, since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Huh? I wish I could say I had this point down. I wish I could say I've perfected it, but I haven't. One story about this. We were three years into our Fuel Student Conference in New, when we lived in New Jersey, and here we were putting on this conference. We're in our third year. We had a budget that year of $80,000. That's a lot of money for two days, <laughs> a two-day conference for a few thousand youth, young adults to come. And the pressure of that money weighed upon my wife and I. Uh, Tara just so gracefully ran most of that conference, um, but this year, uh, th- that year that we were in, it was um, just some extra stress, and, and uh, I began to deal with something that I've never really dealt with before called anxiety, and I don't know if you've ever dealt with anxiety, but it's the craziest thing ever. And I didn't know what was happening to me, to be honest, because I had never experienced it. But we're on the last day of the conference, and my people, my, my people, <laughs> my workers were checking in with me. You know, They always let me know, okay, how much you know, did we sell on the shirts and all this, how many sponsor checks were turned in, because we kept the conference so low cost for the kids uh, because there was a lot of inner city. Most of it was inner city kids. We were bussing in and we were paying for their tickets and most of them didn't have 25, 30 bucks even to come to a conference like that. So we would take care of it. And so that was our heart. And and so we we made budget by the sponsorships and um and by our uh t-shirt sales. We sold, you think we sell t-shirts here? <laughs> you ain't seen nothing. We'd have like 20 designs. And um and so and so I'm checking in with them and man, we're just coming up short at all ends. I'm coming up short,
1: and you know. Checks were made out in advance to take care of our guests and our artists and our speakers and, you know, pay the hotel bill and the food bill, all these
0: expenses, you know. And and, and it it was the last session, and um, I I had to go out on stage and kind of close the conference out, and I'll never forget it. And I just kind of stood back, and I said, oh, my God, I've failed. I'm
1: in over my head. I, I don't know if you ever had that feeling, like, I'm in over my head. I messed up. Like, that's, that's, that's what I said to myself. Like, I took on too much. You know, I, it's budget's not lining up and all this. Went out, you know, ended the
0: night, and then um, and I go into the back, and all of a sudden, I have a panic attack.
1: All of a sudden, I'm, like, sitting in a chair, and Tara's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I need you to take me to the hospital. Like, I'm
0: freaking out. Um, I'm sweating and 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 I'm 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 just feeling anxiety. You know, if you've ever had a panic attack, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm just like I'm fretting, I'm worried, I'm thinking, what's my pastor gonna say? <laughs> you know, he's gonna fire me. You know, all these thoughts are coming through my head, and then. Uh, to top it off, I had real severe back pain at that point, and i 'm dealing with that and, and 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 all this stuff and they take me to the hospital and you know um, they basically said you know you, you're un, you've been under a lot of stress they're like, "What have you been doing?" and I told them they 're like, "Oh my gosh, that's why you had a panic attack you know you're putting this conference on you 're not sleeping for days and weeks, and you're you're doing all this stuff, and it just caught up with you and, and so i I say that because I know some of you in here deal with that, and you know that was the only time I've ever dealt with that, and I pray to God I never deal with that again. I pray to God I never deal with that anxiety and that, those panic attacks, but the reality is some of you are walking in that right now. You are walking in that right now. What do you need to do? You need to trust God in the middle of the storm. You need to trust You need to call on the Prince of Peace to minister to you. You see, having having the peace of God doesn't mean there is an absence of storms. It means that in the midst of the storms, I can be at peace. I can be at peace. Now, I learned through that because the next year, same stress level, but I didn't deal with it like I did the year before, right? I learned from that, and I walked through that next year with the victory, amen? And I had peace in the middle of the storm. And I can choose to trust God in the middle of the storm or I can choose to trust myself. And I don't know about you, but I don't trust myself all the time because I get myself in trouble, right? I say things that I regret. I think thoughts that I don't want to think. And you know what? In the middle of the storm, when you're caught in the storm, begin to give it to God. He says, cast all your cares upon me. The one translation says, throw them to me. Just throw all the burdens. Have you ever felt weighed down? Like you're coming to church, everybody else is happy, clappy? And you're like, "No,
1: oh,
0: it sucks right now for me. I'm in the middle of the storm. That's why many times when I come up, I tell you, lift your hands. You know what? I don't say that to say that because I want to see everybody lifting. There's something in the power of surrender. There's something when you lift your hands. I imagine when you lift your hands, when I lift my hands, you taking those burdens off and giving them to God. Your daddy will take the burden. He'll take the anxiety. He'll take the stress, but you got to give it to him. Sometimes we want to hold on to it. It becomes our pet. It becomes our friend. It's the way we cope with everything in life. God doesn't want us to live that way. Be still and Chill. Hmm? Point number one, stay on the ship. Point number two, be still and chill. Point number three, praise God in the storm. Praise God in the storm. Acts 25 35, we continue our text and it says, After he said this, he took some bread and he gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. Notice, before Paul began to feed these hungry men, 14 days, no food, caught in the middle of the storm, the Bible says that he gave God thanks in the middle of the storm. Now, the storm hadn't ceased as of yet, but Paul says, when you're caught in the storm, it's a good idea to give thanks to God in the middle of the storm. Now, he's not the god of the storm but he'll be god in the storm and he'll be the god who brings you through the storm he didn't bring the storm come on somebody we're going to talk about the difference between test and temptation on sunday so i don't want to get into that but i'm verge i'm borderline of that right now he didn't bring the storm but he'll bring you through the storm david said yea though i walk through notice he didn't say i'm camping up in this valley that's full of death and darkness. He said, yea, I'm walking through this valley of the shadow of death, and I will fear no evil, right? He, says, he said, I, I, I'm walking through it. I'm praising God through it. The storm is happening all around him, but Paul says, I'm going to give God thanks in the storm. Do you know that anybody can praise God when things are going good? Huh? We, we, we can all have a skip in our step when things are going great. It's real easy when checks are coming in the mail, when you get the bonus and you get the raise, when the kids didn't act up in school this week, first time ever, (laughs) when the kids didn't complain about eating their vegetables like my kids do every week, (laughs) right? When you got the new house, when you got approved to get the new car, anybody can praise God when things are going great anybody can. You ever been around somebody who, it just seems like when every little thing happens in their life, every little hangnail storm, it's like they're been out of shape about it. If they're in here, don't point. That's rude. But, but you're around them and you're like, my God, that's a hangnail storm. You should hear what I'm going through. You should hear what other families in the church are going through. I, I hear some I hear a lot of stories of, you know, and that's, that's my job as a pastor to hear them and pray with you and agree with you. And I hear some stories and I'm just like, honey, child, you don't even know the half of what these people are going through. And you bugging about this? Ooh, we need to learn to praise God in the middle of the storm. The real test of our faith is can you thank God in the midst of the storm? Not when everything's going right. Not when everybody's patting you on the back. I've been in some storms the last few months. You don't know about it because I'm praising God in the middle of my storms. Praising God. Some of you look at my life and think, it's perfect. <laughs> That's funny. Multiple storms going on right now. Not just one. Yeah, yeah, I ran out of fingers. Multiple But I've learned the secret is to praise God in the middle of the storm. Why? Why? Because he's faithful. He's faithful to deliver me. He said in his word that he will never forsake the righteous. He said in his word that when I walk through that valley, that I can declare his name and he will bring me through that valley. He said in his word that he will never leave me nor forsake me. He said that I am his child, that I am the apple of his eye, and that's my daddy, and my daddy cares about his child, and my daddy's going to bring me through that storm. One way or another, I'm coming through on the other side. I'm coming through on the other side. I'm coming through on the other side. I heard this, this as I was studying this week. This quote, it said, every tomorrow has two handles, the handle of anxiety and the handle of faith. Which will you use to get a handle on your day? Did you hear it? Every day. Every tomorrow, rather, has two handles, the handle of anxiety, the handle of faith. Which will you use to get a handle on your day? David chose to use the handle of faith. Psalms 42, 11, David said, yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. David's in the deepest depression of his life, but he says, yet I will praise him. If you look the Psalms 42, you should read it when you get home. He had enemies all around him, encamped all around him. Here's David, the man after God's own heart, the man that took care of his father's sheep, the man that played the harp, and the evil spirit fled from Saul. Here's David, this man of God, and he has enemies encamped around about him, and he's running for his life, and they're trying to take him out. And David said in the middle of the storm, yet I will praise my God, my Lord, and my Savior. Yet I will praise him. Yet I will praise Praise him. You know what you need? You need a yet praise. <laughs> you need a yet praise. Yet I will praise him. Though I got a bad report, yet I will still praise him. Though my kids are acting out of control, I got a yet praise. Though the job is unstable, I got a yet praise. Oh, come on, somebody. You need a yet praise. Though my mind is all whacked out, I got a yet praise. Though the finances are jacked up and the car broke down, I got a yet praise. Come on. It don't get much better than this. Serving filet mignon and shrimp right now. Come on, somebody. David said, "Yet." It's hard, but I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to praise him because he's faithful. And if he did it back then, he'll do it again. I got a history of victory with my God. And he'll never fail me. Sometimes you need to praise through until you get a breakthrough. Mhm. Huh? So some of you don't lift the hands. The clapping, no, the no, you're not singing the songs cuz you're in the middle of the storm. No, that's how you get through the storm. That's how we're praising. That's how we're getting through the storm every week. We're giving him a yet praise. Yet I will praise you in spite of what I'm going through, in spite of what's happening in my life. Yet I will praise him. So number one, we're going to stay on the ship. Number two, we're going to be still and chill. Number three, we're going to praise God in the storm. And the last thing you need to know when you're caught caught in the storm is this, that God can take you to your destination on broken pieces. And I waited till now to get to this point. Because right here is where God is speaking to many of you tonight. It says in our text, in verse number 41, But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow struck fast and would not move. And the stern was broken to pieces by poundings of the surf. Here we find the ship caught in the storm. We find Paul trying to rally these convicts together, as they're caught in the storm. finally, the ship hits shore, it hits the jagged rocks in the sea, and the Bible says that the ship was broken in to pieces. broken in to pieces. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like life was just in pieces? Is this my life? Really? This isn't what I signed up for. My life is in pieces. Everything is falling apart. It's gone from bad to worse. The marriage and the battles and my emotions and my money and mentally and physically and my business is failing. Pieces all around me. What do I do with all these broken pieces? What do I do, God? What do I do? What do I do when all I have is broken Pieces. Church, let me tell you this. God will take you to your destination on broken pieces. He'll take you there. Verse 43 and 44, listen to this. In the text, it says, But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life, and he kept them from carrying out their own plan. He ordered the soldier, the guard, corrections officer, ordered them, those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on the planks or the other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. The Bible says that the guard comes out and says, hey, if you can swim, Jump overboard now. You can swim. I'm I'm almost certain that there were people who could swim that didn't jump overboard. You're in the middle of a raging sea. The wind's blowing. The boat has just been destroyed. You're scared to death, and even if you can swim, you don't want to jump in that water. I'm sure there are a few people that jumped in, but he said, the rest of you, I need you to do this you want to save your life, if you want to get to that shore, I need you to grab a hold of the broken pieces. Grab a hold of it so you can get to land safely. Some couldn't swim. Sometimes your storm is so bad you can't swim. So you grab a broken piece that'll get you to your destination. You grab a piece of the marriage. It's in pieces, but I got a piece. Grab a piece of your family. It it hasn't went well lately, but I got a piece. Made some wrong decisions, but I'm moving forward. I'm not looking back. I got a piece. Made some bad financial decisions I shouldn't have done, but I got a piece. I still got my family. I still got my kids. I, I still got the house. I got a piece. Grab on to what you got. Sometimes we get so focused on what we lost that we lose sight on what we have. You got something left. Grab on to it. Hold on tight to it. Hold on tight to that marriage. May not be all together, but hold on tight to it. It may not be where you want it to be, but hold on tight to it. It's a peace, and God will use the pieces to get you to your destination. It's a peace. Grab the peace. Grab the broken pieces of your life, and watch our great God put your life together piece by piece. You say, I just have a little piece of hope left. It's been rough. It's been rough in my marriage, my family. It's been rough in our finances. I just have a, a little piece of hope. It's all you need is a little bit of hope. The Bible says just faith as the size of a mustard seed, the smallest seed ever God created was a mustard seed. If, if you just have a little bit of hope, God can restore. A little bit of faith is all you need for God to get you there. Because one thing I know about my God, he always uses our brokenness, our broken pieces to bring about his wholeness in our lives. Oh, Paul, in weakness, that's when I'm strong. Oh. Paul said, I prayed three times for God to take away this weakness. Paul said, oh, 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 Christ, that's what you're trying to do. You mean when I'm weak, I'm really strong? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what God's trying to do through the storm. He's trying to tell you at your weakest moment is when Christ's strength becomes enough for him to take the glue and piece by piece bring wholeness to your life. You see, you thought. Your weakness was going to take you out, but God said, your weakness is what I was waiting for. God said, your your brokenness is what I've been waiting for, because I only show up in brokenness. I only show up and we, if you got it figured out, I don't need to show up. I only show up when it's impossible. I don't show up when it's possible. I only show up when you're all out of options and you don't know where to turn. That's when our God shows up on the scene and he takes the pieces that we've been holding on to and he brings wholeness and healing in the midst of the storm stand with me tonight
1: hey thanks for listening today and maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from god today maybe life is throwing you a curveball you've taken some wrong turns you've messed up i'm here to tell you about god's love for your life you know it's real and it's for you and and no matter what you've done no matter where you've gone God is there. His love is unconditional, and and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer, and I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved, and I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision, but just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, come into my life, change me in Jesus name it's simple as that and I encourage you find a good local church if if you can get to Fuel Church get here God is moving God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time God bless you have a great week